tell me when your uh, when your when your mic is hot. All right, yeah, it is. Or you're just yeah. repeating what I said. No, my mic is hot. Oh, the mics are hot. Recording. Mics are hot. All right, great. All right, shortened intro. We're listening to the people. We're responding to the people. We're making sure to put you all first. Want to big a, give a, a and I'm not. I'm not even gonna introduce myself. I'm kind of done with the introduction part. It's like why even do that? Yeah, you know who we are. Yeah, you know. If you don't know, you should know. So no. Tottenham advance in the FA Cup, beating Burnley one 0 So let's all let's all applaud Tottenham for that. Here's where I want to lead off today, Nick. You ever been to Primark before? Yeah, yeah, one time actually. You ever get a pair of pants from there? No. They don't do the zippers in Europe. They do the button flies, Nick. And this this is where I want to start today. You ever had a button fly before? I'm looking it up right now. I don't know. No, it's literally like four buttons instead of a zipper where the fly should be. Now, here's the thing. You get an unreliable zipper, that can ruin your day. I mean, especially, you know, when you're out in the world, you look down, you see your flies down, and you're like, it's been hours since I've gone to the bathroom. It can be a real problem. The button-down zipper, you're never going to have that problem. But I got to tell you, it's it's kind of a nuisance in terms of the time it takes. So that's, yeah, that's where I want to lead this. off today. I'm going to hit you with this, dude. You ever have a loose button? A loose, like, main button on a zipper fly. Interesting. No, a loose button and where it always unbuttons itself, now there could be issues there. Now that is a problem I have not had. Elaborate on that one, please. Dude, all right. Maybe it's the sheer size of me, but when I button things up, sometimes they, like, it's loose, so it'll come undone. I got a bunch of shirts that do that. Now, look. The zipper's easy to do, dog. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Us in America, we won the war, dude. We spilled the tea, literally, and uh, we got zippers. So I'm team zipper. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, though, you should give the button fly a ride. At first, it's it's an adjustment, but I got to say the security of it is comforting. It's comforting for the soul. So I just went over what I have for you, and then I remembered I have something else. So... I got to this week, Nick, watch a decent amount of NBA. And I got to tell you, there were some great games this week. And we talked about it last week, I think, with the Premier League, about how the great thing about the league with relegation and stuff is that every game, even at the top and the bottom, feels like it really matters. I got to say, this week, watching the NBA, even without that relegation, we said we wanted it, and I do still want it. But, man, that... They be balling right now. We're in a great place in the NBA season. And tonight we got a bunch of games. Not y'all be listening to this the next day, but NBA's in a good spot. And I and I wonder, did the in-season tournament have anything to do with that? Or is the NBA just it's doing great? Dude, that's a good question, bro. Did the ins I'm gonna say no. The in-season tournament didn't do anything, have to do anything. I think what it is, is we're right around the midway point of the NBA season, and people want to be all-stars, dude. So people want it. Mm. So there's that that push. And I mean, we talked about it last week. Derek White, is he an all-star? Well, I mean, you're thinking Tyrese Halliburton and all those guys aren't hearing all that noise? Dude, they want it. So I think some teams and some players are really trying to stamp their cases. I'm an all-star, especially with some of the contract incentives and the cash flow, dude, that they're getting. So... I don't think it's the in-season tournament. I would just say off the dome, it's just 
like people are trying to prove a point. It's in the middle of the season where teams know who they are, their identity has kind of been established and they and they know what's going on and contract years are around. There's a lot See, of that, different that's factory. what I was going to say. I was going to say that I wonder if you look deeply into contracts, we're talking about the all-star push and all that kind of stuff, how many contracts have maybe incentives related to that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, even like even just getting into the three-point contest, you get paid to show up. You know what I mean? Mm. You get paid to be in an to be to play in the all-star game like you get a money you get more if you win less if you lose but it's still uh money like money like we'll never see in our life lives yeah, well, to- so on that note amon ross st brown did not make the pro bowl and i don't know if you saw he kind of came out after practice i think it was thursday and uh he was a little heated about it now of course i don't have it up in front of me uh, but it was Mike Evans. I'm uh, pulling it up right now. Yeah, dude. pull up, pull up. Who who else it was that uh, made it in in his absence? But I'm curious what you think about it. I have the article right here. Um, the wide receivers that made it over him are Mike Evans, yeah, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, and Puka Nakua. Yeah, I'm curious what you think about that because they all sound deserving to me. All five. So I'm curious what your what your thoughts are on that. I mean, it's tough, dude. Amon Ra was that guy, wide receiver one. But, dude, it's tough at the end of the day. Like, Puka was, I mean, he is, he's going to set the rookie wide receiver receiving record. All right, he deserves it. C.D. Lamb proved why he can wear 88 for the Cowboys. If I was going to, Mike Evans is Mike Evans. If I was going to pick anywhere, it would be A.J. Brown. AJ Brown was phenomenal at the beginning of the year, but dude, by the by recently, he like it's almost like his offensive coordinator forgot he was part of the offense. I, so he's I, I, really been bad. So he to me named made it on namesake alone. And you could make the same argument for Mike Evans, but Mike Evans did another 1000-yard receiving year with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. The dude is just lights out, scores touchdowns, plays well. Pretty much all the time. But A.J. Brown would be the name. And, dude, you're talking to the number one A.J. Brown supporter. I think he's a top three receiver in the league. He's a beast. He's a dog. But if we're looking at this season alone, I'm taking Amon Ra over A.J. Brown consistently throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd say is I think Amon Ra St. Brown had has had a slower month in the last month. And so it's like the – uh I guess the negative sort of recency bias in terms of, I think he was, I'm just from my feel of it, it feels like he had a really great start to the season and has kind of trailed off a little bit, I think. And, and maybe Detroit has in general um, a little bit, same with Montgomery. So I, that, I, but I do have to say that when I saw AJ Brown, I had exactly what you said. Where I'm like, him, what's he been doing? What's Philly been doing for the past Five weeks, losing games terribly. I mean, even look at uh, like I'm looking at the roster right now. Like Patrick Mahomes was not a Pro Bowl level quarterback this year. Oh, sorry to say, not. and here he is. Um, is Josh Allen on there? No, that's what I'm no, saying. No, so that makes sense because Josh Allen has been garbage. But but he's been better than Patrick Mahomes. Like mm-hmm. that's 
that's within where the last month maybe, but I think from the beginning of the season. Okay, yeah, uh, I, it, I can it, take that one fair. on the chin. But I mean, yeah, the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I don't, it's a joke. I, I mean, listen, yeah, of all the I All-Star take, games, that's the, the biggest joke. In, but, in, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you saw the clip of the the Eagles, all the players getting announced because half their roster made the Pro Bowl because it's the Eagles and they were good last year. Well, dude, they weren't even smiling. Like, it was like they were like, congrats to these guys, clap, and then moved on to, like, the next highlight. Like, no one cares. I mean, yeah, like, are they even going to play? Are they even going to go? It, it, right. Yeah, because if, if you play, that means you didn't make it to the Super Bowl. Like, well, and they're also probably more excited. Those that are going here for like the dodgeball and the little side events that they do. Dude, um, I was listening. I was game. listening to, I forgot who it was, but it was like, oh, it was the Kelsey brothers. They had like a clip on Instagram. I saw. Also, follow the Insta, bro. Two putts pod. Uh, but they were talking about. They're like, yeah, we don't even care about the game, bro. We're going to Hawaii and vibing. Like, dude, yeah, I wouldn't care. The game's a joke. You're going to Hawaii. It's warm. It's beautiful. Like, and, and it's just funny because I can't help. Like, what the the image I see in my head is Mac Jones hitting the gritty when he got to go to the Pro Bowl. Oh yeah, see, and, that's uh, how you know it was a joke. Mac Jones was in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> well, and it was kind of the beginning of the end for him, even though that was his uh, his rookie year. So I uh, I I want to talk about an interesting experience that I think for the soccer people out there, the people who are Premier League fans or even fans. Um, of different leagues, but I would imagine that I would imagine, you know, this would be interesting actually, as I'm now just rambling and thinking out loud, I wonder if you were able to get all the soccer fans in America and sort of ask them what their favorite league is the way that the leagues are talked about, you would think it would be the premier league, but I do wonder um, if MLS would be second or if maybe it'd be La La Liga, but Anyway, as, as soccer fans, it's it it's sort of like one of those things where if you mention it to someone else and they are also a fan, you know, you kind of have that instant connection, right? Yes. So I was I met someone through through work um this this week. I had mentioned the Premier League and he goes, "Hey, you know, I'm a Newcastle fan." Oh man, that's awesome. Love Newcastle. Da da da. And I said, you know, and and he said, I, "I'm not used to thinking about the big teams because our team's been so bad over the last five, you know, 10, whatever years. And I, I said, yeah, but you must be excited. Now you guys are on the up and up. And he said, yeah, but the oil money. And it really got me thinking Nick about, cause I, cause I said that to you this week. You do that's a real dude right there. And I agree. I thought that was such a, uh, you know, cause you have these people who wear the laundry and it doesn't matter if they get, you know, a guy who just got out of, you know, whatever the worst thing you can imagine is on the team. If he's catching touchdowns or whatever it is, people are into it. But I w- thought it was great seeing a fan who's like, look, I didn't want my team to sell out like this. And now that we're winning like this, to be honest, now we're basically just, you know, city. And for those of you who are listening, what if you, oil money, it's these owners who got all this money from... Saudi Arabia. Some yeah, so these Saudi Arabian owners and they're super rich, so they can buy and spend as much money as they want, and teams are gonna not gonna be able to say no to the and, money that they're getting. And there's no salary cap, 
in soccer. So it's very different um, in the Premier League. And it, there are financial fair play rules, but really if you have money and you're willing to spend it on big players, you can really do that pretty much till your heart is content. But what I want to ask you, Nick, because there's that famous key and uh, peel skit where they do the ESPN for teachers, right? And it's like, oh, you know, Mary, the way she taught that lesson, she's going to be MVP of the year. She just got a 50 million signing bonus for, you know, this elementary, whatever it is. But I, I imagine a version of that where we're talking about the owners. Oh, man, this owner has a charity and he ha- supports the inner city literacy programs. Like, that's why I love that team. And that's where my question is for you, Nick. For you, how much does the owner matter? And, and also, let me throw this out to people. The Green Bay Packers are the only NFL team that actually has something similar to the Premier League and, and English soccer teams where, if and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the fans have stock. Uh, yeah, the, se- some of the, the season ticket holders are partial owners of the team. Yeah. And, and so and so for you especially, Nick, as someone who, who roots for a team that has something like that, I'm curious, how much does the owner matter? Is it something you think about at all? You know, if, if, for example, someone bought your team who was, you know, a terrible person, how much would that impact you? Dude, that's a – that's we were talking about this at bowling last night. Kind, kind of. We didn't really get into it, but – Well, we saved dude, it for all of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Yo, that's what it is, bro. Live on the pod, bro. Dude, here's what I'm going to say. How many casual fans, and this is important, casual fans, because that's the majority of fan bases, know who their owner is? Mm. There are only a few scenarios where I can think of, well, the owner is the face of the team. And actually, really only one. And that's the Dallas Mavericks. When you think of the Dallas Mavericks, you think of Mark Cuban. Good point. Good point. Because he's courtside, whatever. Shark tank, all those things. Yeah. yeah sure. So here's what I'm going to say. The owner matters in to me as a fan. You know what? Let me let me rephrase. If the owner is a scumbag, I'm, I'm not going to enjoy the team. Okay? Mm. Not as much as I could. That's not saying like if John Henry ended up being on Epstein's list of the owner of the Red Sox, I'm still a Red Sox fan. But it's still going to feel icky. But in generally speaking, for impact of team, I don't know how much an owner really matters and how much it affects a fan base. I know the Mets love Steve Cohen because he can spend all the money in the world because he's going to spend all the money in the world. He's told people that. So in baseball and soccer, where there's no salary cap, which for those of you who don't know what a salary cap is, it's how much money you're allowed to spend on your team. So usually, like, basketball is a salary cap. And if you go over it, you pay a ton of money and you can't go over it except for some circumstances, blah, blah, blah. But in the MLB, there is no salary cap. So my, I want my owner to be as rich as possible. Right. I, I want them to be able and to buy willing whoever. willing to spend. And, and willing, willing to, spend. to spend. Yeah, right. shout out John Henry again. Who of the Red isn't Sox. willing to spend. Yeah, yeah what exactly. an idiot. Uh, as a fan, though... No, I don't really I don't really care. I would be more hurt if one of my players did something egregious or something or a a manager 
because they're they're the ones closest to us as fans. Like yeah. that's who we're rooting for. I think that's a really great point. Where probably the reality is that these owners, because I said this to my mom, and she and she totally pushed back on me, but I, I stand by this. You don't get to be that rich without doing something that's hurting somebody. Facts, dude. Facts, I'm sorry. Facts. I'm sorry. Like it just don't it it don't work like that. You know what I mean? And listen, I'm not a you know anti capitalist or anything. I'm just saying. You don't make that much money without someone, you know, having some blood diamond situation somewhere. Okay, Yo, it just that reminds me of a like tweet that. I saw, dude. It was like, it was like, once you, there should be no billionaires. Once you hit a billion, you should, you, you should be worth nine hundred ninety nine million and get a sticker that says "I won capitalism." <laughs> <laughs> but it, it it is a fair point. Like, imagine like a like a cap on. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, we won't get. Well, we, we won't go. We don't want it to get political. Which at bowling last night, we actually had a nice little, uh, nice little yeah, we discussion. Did. We're not gonna key. do that here, though. Go ahead. That was high key deep, but yeah. Going back to the owner, here's what I'll say. As a as a as a fan, I know who my owners are, but I wouldn't care. Because when you're a billionaire, you're shady. That's just natural. Like I like mean, you said, obviously. You have so. To be. You had to do something to screw somebody over. So I'm more connected to the coaches and the players. But as a baseball fan, I want a rich, super rich owner that's willing to spend. But they're all rich. So I want an owner that's willing to spend, period. In basketball, it doesn't matter to me as much. I mean, sometimes they're aggressive. Sometimes they force the GMs to do things. But owners really are just out of the picture. They hire this team that does all of the things that the fans care about. Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, because I think John Morant could be a good recent example of his character has been called into question in such an intense way. And obviously, there's a racial component to that as well. But it's such a great point when you actually, you know, if you were to map out the wealth, the money, and, you know, make like a, a, a you know, a chart of all the people involved in Memphis or even in the NBA, he, he's middle to below middle. You know what I mean? And so Yeah, but that's but because he's, he's right ex- in front of all yeah, of us. Yeah, because he's accessible. And that's what I'm saying. And so if you also, you know, brought in criminality, shadiness, and all those other things, I bet he's still probably middle to below. Um, but it's so true. So much of uh probably that is is stuff that we don't see. So that that's that's good stuff. But Nick. think like about that. but even like think about it, like the Kelsey brothers, people are starting to really become them because they're becoming even more accessible than they were. Like when people are relatable, like people are going to be drawn to that. No one – like here's a good example. Everyone hates Tom Brady. Yes, he wins. Yes, he does everything. But he's not relatable. He's kind he, of a weirdo. Yeah. He drinks grass. He does plyometrics. And I'm sorry. He, the kissing the kids on the lips, the massage table on Tom versus Time where he makes that kid walk across the room to kiss him on the lips while he's getting massaged, that is a – how that got through the editing room and made it to the final product. If you haven't watched Tom versus Time, it, mm, it, it I don't think it helped him as much as you <laughs> might think. I love let me say if if we were put out there for the positive aspects, you know, I, let me put it this way, you know, we're teachers. I do some editing on the side. I think I could have done a better job editing that than uh, than most. I don't know. Who knows. I'm pretty out of pocket though, as, as they say. Dude, so. you don't use out of pocket right, bro. Well, that's I'm 33, so how could you expect me to? 
I know, but I'm teaching you slowly. I don't have the riz for that. That was also <laughs> used incorrectly. <laughs> but no, dude, like Tom Brady, he's also like super hot. Like he's a good looking dude. Except like, the plastic surgery is not. He needs but to slow down he, on that. Pain Manning. People like Pain Manning. Why? He's ugly. His forehead is the size of Texas. And he, he like, is just a bro. He's got a dad bod. He's, like, he's funny. You feel yeah. like you could have a drink with him and have a conversation and exactly. laugh and have a good time. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And you could also show up to the bar with Peyton Manning and be like, you know what? I'm probably more attractive than he is. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> That's incredible. You need that, that in a friend group, dude. Well, now I wonder about what you're feeling like at bowling with you and I, but we'll, we'll let, let's let, just let's... say I'm feeling confident. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> We're going to have to get, get the video blog going and we'll have to get some, uh, some feedback on that. So, um, yeah, we're gonna have to put our pictures on Instagram cause, uh, I, I, oh, I, 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 that comment I'd like to make a poll about now let's move on because, um, <laughs> Big conversation this year has been Bill Belichick. And yes. obviously the Patriots season has been a dumpster fire. Um, you know, putting Mac Jones and all the other things aside, Bill Belichick, <laughs> he's on the hot seat. And <laughs> it was funny. So I listened to, to Felger and Maz, and on Wednesday – it was like, yeah, I wonder what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, the Boston Herald and The Athletic released uh, articles seemingly coming – one of – The Athletic really seemingly to be sourced from Kraft. You know, sourced from him without being sourced from him type of thing. But yeah. the information and the way uh, it, it was conveyed seems to be from Kraft. And the article from the Boston Herald being from people inside the building. And I will tell you, it is scathing. And it's just what happened, what's been going on this year, but it is uh, a, a terrible representation of Bill Belichick and what's going on. And so the the question isn't about if this is the end, um, because Nick, you know, if just listening to yesterday to these articles, because that's what I love about Felger and Mass. Sometimes they'll just read an article and respond as they're reading it. And so you really get to sort of like get exactly what it is. It's not they're talking about it. It's, I, I've basically read the article. I, I think there is no question that these two articles came out to prepare for the firing of Bill Belichick, which at this point is going to be, is it going to be on Monday or is it going to be, you know, later on in as they figure things out in the off season. But I'm curious what you think about this Jets Pats game, you know, Bill's end. I think the Jets and Pats is kind of a classic way for it to end. Um, I guess I don't have a specific question except just, you know, what are your thoughts? You know, obviously our first podcast for the for the the loyal listeners, we talked about the impact of a coach. You know, we both said that when we really look at team success, the coach is probably 30% or less, even in the most impactful situations. And so as we look at the end of Bill Belichick's career, and not to diminish it, he's done a lot, he's accomplished so much. Um I'm just curious what your thoughts are on Belichick and even maybe next steps for him or whatever. Well, on the game, I have two syllables. Blow out. The Patriots are going to destroy the Jets. Okay, okay. Especially, Bailey's happy for five TDs. I got you. Yo, hit it on the parlay, bro. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yo, yo, Bailey Zappi's gonna give us retirement money, bro. Uh, yeah, there you go, there you go. Uh, no, but just uh, speaking on the game first, because you you made a lot of you brought up a lot of points. The game first. The Patriots have always owned the Jets. That's just what they do. Ever since I've known what a first down was, the Patriots own the Jets. With those articles that I I haven't seen the articles, but if what you're saying, it sounds like, um, what you're saying, it sounds like Belichick is on his way out. These players are going to play for Bill. Like he, I know he gets a bad rep of being this negative dude, but the players are going to play for Bill. They're going to make sure if this is his last game, they're going to go out on a W. I don't know if Patriots fans want that. I don't know if, uh, Robert Kraft wants that, but I'm putting the house on the Patriots to win. The, and just so you know, in terms of draft, I think for you know, there's all these different calculations and things that can happen. But it's something between, um, you know, if they win, they could drop from the third pick to the fifth. I think yeah. the seventh is the lowest or the highest that they could go. Yeah. So, it, you think um, it's interesting because you talk about the players playing for Bill. I actually think just, you know, a little caveat nuance that I think they're going to be playing for their next opportunity more than they're actually going to be playing for Bill. Maybe okay. the defense will be playing for him, but, um, you know, what? basically, long story short, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge last year with the offense, Mac Jones, for people who don't know, I mean, if you don't care about the Patriots, you don't care, but last, last year was just a complete, and this is what Bill does, bringing in his cronies, it was pure cronyism. Terrible dysfunction. This year, they bring in Bill O'Brien. Ready for this? Bill O'Brien goes, and he wants to hire offensive staff members. He's the offensive coordinator. They allowed him to have one hire and said, you cannot replace any other staffers. So then Bill O'Brien, instead of having – because think about it. You've, for those of you who have watched Hard Knocks, you know, you go, you have your meetings with your provisional, your uh, positional groups, right? The O-line's going to meet. The quarterbacks are going to meet. The running backs are going to meet. Bill O'Brien, since he couldn't bring any of his own coaches – would keep the offense together and they didn't do positional meetings. I mean, this is the kind of dysfunction that you you, you read about in, in a book. You know what I mean? In a fiction book. It doesn't even seem real. It sounds like a Netflix show. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I, I do agree that I do think they are going to beat the Jets. But I will say this. I think Robert Sala is going to really want this one. And then my question would be, will the Jets be able to play and get it for him? No. No. Copy. Uh, All right. Moving on. No. Bill's uh, Dolphins. Unless you want to say more about the past. Well, I'll, let me just speak on Belichick. I mean, if this is his last, I don't think he, I think he'll be offered positions. I don't know if he'll take any. Really? He, oh, I, so you I mean, think he, this could be it? If this, yeah. If I, yeah, I, I do. I mean, he's going to go down as the greatest coach ever. I think undoubtedly. Um, His legacy is all but cemented. I mean, it was Brady Belichick. It was never Brady and someone else. It was even when they had Moss and all that. It was Brady Belichick. It's the Brady Belichick era. So, I like it, it's Bill Belichick. He'll go down as the greatest ever. And who knows? He might coach. I just don't see him doing it. I know if he does get fired, the Chargers are very interested. But I think the wave right now is young head coaches who are offensive minded. Yeah, I mean, that's that's for sure. And I'll tell you, for people who do care about the Patriots, that's the scary part is 
it sounds like they're going to move on to Gerard Mayo, who is a defensive-minded uh, coach and in the Bill Belichick tree. And uh, he has pretty much no one in his tree who's been successful. The other person that's being floated around is Vrabel, who's looking like he might be fired from Tennessee. So, you know, I got to tell you. That would be a horrible firing. I'll tell you what. Um, it's not a bad time to uh, become a fan of the league instead of a fan of the Patriots. <laughs> so um, take a more of a Premier League uh, route on it. So Bills Dolphins for the AFC. I'm curious if you have any thoughts on this game. Dude, that's going to be a big, big game. Yeah, I just saw a report on Twitter. I, I refuse to call it X. Twitter that said Jalen Waddle is looking – like he's going to play. He's looking like he's going to play and both of these are win and it, win. So the Bills this week if they win, they're the 2 seed. If they lose, there's a chance they're out of the playoffs. Right. Miami I I believe they clinched, but if not, it's the same scenario. So this is for the AFC title. So this is for all the marbles. So it's going to be a good game. Buffalo has really decided to pound the rock the last couple games. Which has been oh, no. good for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so actually Miami has clinched. The Buffalo Bills have not because uh, just because of the record. But, dude, I think the Bills are going to come in, and I think they're hot. Josh Allen has played really, really well recently. Um, they want it. I think the Bills are going to come in and stomp all over Miami, and I'll tell you why. Mm. Buffalo's been there before. They played big games. They know how to play big games. The Miami just got literally embarrassed by the Ravens. And the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. Like as of right now, I don't think anyone's picking against them to make it to the Super Bowl. But but they made but, it to the 50s last weekend, right? Was 50 it points dude to throw up 59 I think is what or 50, yeah, 59 or 56. To throw up a 50 burger in the NFL is crazy. Right. So I'm taking <laughs> I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. It's at Miami, so whatever, but Miami just can't beat good teams. Well, and that that's really my bigger question is can Miami use this as an opportunity to get right before the playoffs cuz okay, they're in but have they shown us anything this season to convince us that they're going to make it beyond their first game in the playoffs? If they're the two, so here's what I'm going to say: If they're the two seed, I mean, as of right now, the Miami Dolphins are playing the Indianapolis Colts. If the season ended today, oh, okay, fine. So they win that game, then they start playing like a real, real team. Because obviously, I mean, okay, Colts, but like. Dude, but I'm. Yeah, no, the Miami Dolphins to me are the definition of pretenders right now. Do you, th- let me hit you with this. We all love Mike McDaniel. Very likable guy. Would love him as my coach. He's hilarious. I, I, I'm a big fan. He'll hit you with the vape pen on the sideline too. He's but got let me, you. But let me hit you with this. Do you think that the way he is and kind of the offhandedness and the that kind of stuff, does that contribute to their lack of seriousness and lack of ability to execute? No, because I've seen clips. He's a very ser- He is a very serious coach, and he takes the blame. If I'm going to be, like, completely candid, 
I don't think Tua can win a Super Bowl. I think it's Tua Tagovailoa, and I'll and it's not because he's not talented, and it's not because. The league has evolved to mobile quarterbacks. That's just how it goes. Look at all of the best quarterbacks. They may not run four three forties like Lamar, but they all can get out of the pocket and create. Tua can't. Mm. Tua's strength is very early two thousands quarterbacking, elite accuracy, gets the ball out quick, but he can't extend. So as soon as there's pressure. And if he can't get it out to Tyreek or Jalen, the the play's done. Like, and I had him as a quarterback in my on my fantasy league, and we lose points for sacks. And let me tell you, bro. First off, Max Max, I know you're listening. Take that off the fantasy league, bro. Take oh, it off. Disagree, Second, Max. Keep it on. It's it it should be there. Literally makes me rage. Second of all. He, he because he can't extend. Now I'm gonna go into a tangent. I'm in my bag now, bro. I'm in. First in Matt in Max's fantasy league, Josh Allen's the best quarterback. Why is Josh Allen the best quarterback? Not because he's the best quarterback, but because he doesn't get sacked. He doesn't lose points. But whatever. Back to Tua. He he's not. He doesn't have the skill set to be elite in my opinion and that's no disrespect because of his inability to extend plays that's where i think the issue is so miami has to start over then with a new quarterback Uh, that's the thing i don't yeah i let me hit you with this and maybe he's not going to drop that that low with his performances of late but like if Penix was available because people are concerned about that those acl tears and stuff like that i think he's had two acl tears on the same knee is the, so I, you here's know, where Penix's yeah. issue is: is he's older than Tua Tagovailoa. I yeah, he's 24, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, he's, he's, like he's old. There are quarterbacks that are younger than him who have been in the league for yeah, literally. He's, he's a kid who started kindergarten when he was nine, so he could uh, <laughs> be the best athlete. Like, Yo, dude, chill, sink bro. at cat, dude. You're crushing this right now. Amazing, good job. <laughs> Yo, he was four <laughs> foot three in kindergarten. Two finger tag. Careful, you're gonna knock over the other kids, dude. <laughs> yo, but yeah, yo. So he's old. So Penix is weird, uh, but not. Nah, but the I thing mean, is, it, but it sounds like you're saying they need to start. So you're telling me that Miami has no chance with Tua as their quarterback, period, indefinitely, or as of right now. As of right now, um, Look, remember last year he was getting throttled, and the whole thing was he learned jujitsu. So we could figure out how to not get decapitated. And now you're saying he can't escape. Well, man, the dude knows jujitsu and he can't escape. So, I mean, you tell me. Well, what's first next? of all, last year he was throwing up gang signs because he got a concussion so bad, bro. So, <laughs> like, this dude this dude had no offensive line. Me and you would, just standing there would have been better. No. And if you listen to the last pod, we're obviously joking. Or recent pods, we're obviously joking. Um. But dude, no, it's 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 not the it's he can't extend plays like there the quarterbacks now can throw off on the run, throw across body, throw with no feet on the ground. Tua Tua can't. Tua needs to be planted. So as of right now, unless 
I'm gonna, uh, you know what? I'm gonna double down. Unless a miracle happens and Tua becomes the freakest athlete of all time, the Dolphins will not win a Super Bowl under Mike McDaniel and Tua Tugabailoa's reign. There, I said it. I just wanted you to like stick with it and be. We're 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 giving people a product. And when you're over here waffling with it, it's not entertaining. You know what? I double down. Usually so. these notes, I give it to you after we stop recording, but I just feel like you and the people need to hear. I'm putting you on notice. I use that one, right? Putting you on notice. Yeah, but okay. All right. <laughs> that, okay. All right. Last, last thing. Your Packers. And we had a long conversation last week about them making the playoffs, whether it was a good thing or a bad thing, where do you stand with them facing the Bears? A classic matchup. Maybe we'll even get some snow in that game. Where is it? Is it in Green Bay or is it in Chicago? I think it's in Green Bay. Okay, are we are we going to get a nice little snowy classic matchup? And do you, I mean, obviously you're a Packers fan, but last week it sounds like you were kind of back and forth. When I re-listened to the podcast, I realized I gave one opinion, listened to you, and then gave the opposite opinion I'm of the mind that they should absolutely go as far as they can because they've waited so long with Jordan Love. They've been so patient. Get him to get as much success as soon as possible. Forget about drafting. Forget forget about draft position. Forget about all that stuff. Let's get this guy as far as we can get him, and let's see what happens. Yes, I am, and I hate agreeing with you, bro, because it's just bad pod, but... Dude, I'm I'm 100% winning in against the rivals. Huge game. The the Bears have been playing killer ball. They're going to want to lose or win this game against Green Bay just to keep this momentum rolling into next year. I think this might be the hardest game on the schedule that we've played. Must win. Get in. And the way Jordan Love's been playing, bro, if your eyes were closed or squinted, you might think it's Aaron Rodgers back there, dude. Like he's okay. he's throwing that, he's slanging that thing, dude. Yeah, okay. okay. He's slanging that pigskin. But yeah, dude, get in, lose the first game, but now we're in. We're riding high. We made the playoffs. Like what a success! No one, all the haters, doubters didn't believe. Although I've been Jordan Love season since before Rodgers was even off the Packers. Well, yeah. I mean, the reality is they've done it right with him. They, they, he sat on the bench for what two years, three years. I mean, he, two, he really, yeah, two years. They took but yeah, their that, time. Uh, team's got to take a note, and this is going back to our last pod. Like people rush, everyone rushes. All right, yeah, Bryce Young was our first overall pick. All right, give him time to develop. Let him sit behind an Andy Dalton type. Watch, see what works, see what doesn't for him, see what his reads are. Why would I make? And Andy Dalton is not Aaron Rodgers. Like let. We all can agree on that. But Andy Dalton was a quality starter. This is where the like we're rushing people into into situations where, yeah, they're going to fail naturally. Right. Because they're not ready. Yeah. And then you get Mac Jones, who is so broken that and it's interesting because his contract is really good. So you do have to wonder if the Patriots would keep him as a backup just because it'd be a good contract, but probably not because he is Truly broken. Truly broken. Completely broken. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. And, <laughs> well, he, he, here's going back to the owner situation. It's, these owners are so, 
money hungry, right? No one like no one's gonna go to a Pistons game right now because they stink. Mm. They're so money hungry. They they want these products to work out so quickly. And the Panthers, they gave Frank Reich 12 games, and then they fired him. <laughs> like, dude, he didn't even have a whole year to bring in his full staff, bring in his full scheme, get the p- players to buy in, do all of that. And then you also want Bryce Young to come out here and be this, this franchise-level quarterback with all of this dysfunction? Like... Dude, you're not giving him a fair shot. It stems from the top down at the end of the day. Well, you know how they're going to fix that, right? How? Bill Belichick. Belichick. A defensive-minded coach is going to help improve. I'm not a- saying it's going to fix it, but that is – I think we, we didn't – I didn't really land the plane on Bill earlier. I think he's heading to Carolina. Oh, see, I, if I was to bet if he was to play on another team, I would say he's going to the Chargers. Well, yeah, that would – I mean, I think – to. I'm going to be honest. I think that would be freaking cool if he played for the Chargers. You know, because that's the thing. Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay, looking at it now, that was pretty freaking badass, man. Like, that was awesome. So if Bill was to go and basically pull a Tom Brady, go and get, like, one amazing year, you know what I mean? That That new coach boost or whatever, get that team on, you know, back together – and uh, I think that'd be a pretty cool story. So I'd be into that because if he goes to Carolina, it's not like they're gonna do something crazy, you know, within a year. But the Chargers could be yeah. a team that could, you know, turn it on right away. That'd be a cool one. That's why I don't think he'll go to Carolina because Bill Bill Belichick is tired of losing and tired of having a Mac Jones quarterback <laughs> situation. That's he fair. would go to Justin Herbert with elite offensive weapons, and then. I mean, if we're like elite defense, Brandon Staley just couldn't coach, period. Uh, yeah, I mean, that guy. And then when you, I mean, not that we're tuned into Chargers radio, but I did hear some sound of him, you know, defending stupid stuff. And it was just, just ridiculous. So I guess this is where we'll start the one piece segment of the pod. Um, no, I'm joking. But <laughs> yo, listen. I did just finish the new arc, Fortress. You're done. The Fortress dude, arc. You, he, he's dude, out. he's past me, but I'm going to have to catch up. I have a chess tournament this weekend, dude. Talk about uh, talk about some real excitement. Yeah, I was going to try to go, but Jake said I'd get kicked out. Well, it, you've told some stories of your uh, antics at different sporting events, and I just don't think it uh, fits in with the culture of the chess tournament. I'll tell you, over under uh, se- uh, 6.5, the age of the youngest person that beats me at the chess tournament. I'm taking the over, but wow. here's my over is seven. A seven year old's going to be you. Right. I, I'm going to tell you, dude, there could be a. It's been a little bit. It's been a couple of years since I've done a chess tournament. I've lost to six year olds before, dude. Five year olds, they can't touch me. But six year olds, dude, like, they're some of those scary ones that, you know, 10 moves in, you start going, like, this kid is. Six and this is not going well for me, but the difference that, <laughs> but my strategy, you know, because they want to play quick and these games are like four hour long games, you just sometimes sit there and just let them squirm, <laughs> just like rock back and forth. But because we'll their brains but haven't the, fully but then developed, they like really quickly made a better move that I just thought for twenty minutes about. So anyway, well, dude, this was a good one. 
I, we were at 15 minutes. I was like, wow, we're going to we're gonna only do a 20-minute one, and somehow we made it this far again. So That's what we do, baby. Good it's job. It's the Riff City. So, uh, Yo, shout out to all the viewers, bro. Yeah, appreciate it. I told Julia I'd shout her out, so shout out, Julia. If you don't listen to this podcast, I will be upset. Well, you'll have to be like, hey, did you like your shout out? Yo, but- also, shout, dude, We I got people interested being a guest, dude. Guest on the pod. Oh, so. definitely. Well, listen, if you're interested in that, just let Nick know, and we'll definitely uh, coordinate and love to figure out how to do that. And uh, two putts pod. We do have uh, something coming up, the clap back. We're going to start a new series on Instagram, clap back. So look for that coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll get a little, uh, uh, I guess, another form of media to our social media. Um, Two Putts Pod Twitter, Two Putts Pod Instagram. And uh, everyone have a wonderful, snowy weekend. Dude, snow day Monday. Make sure to flush those ice cubes down, dude. Yo, salt under the, what? Oh, fork under the spoon under the pillow. I, What's I the had other a one? student today. Someone was like, Oh yeah, put the the white crayon in the freezer. He's like, "Oh no, I don't have a white crayon at home. C- can I take one home?" And the teacher was like, "Uh, sure." And I'm like, "Dude, if we have a snow day, it's going to be because of that crayon." So, let's hit that. <laughs> All right, man. Have a wonderful weekend everybody and let's watch some fun football this week. All right. See y'all. Bye. Peace.